Here's the ground ball. And Encarnacion goes to second. The game is over, and Roy Halladay throws a dandy against the Mariners tonight. A complete game victory, his 16th of the year. And Pat, is, if this is it, if this is the last time he pitches for the Blue Jays in this building, he went out in the way Roy Halladay only knows. Hello and welcome, Blue Jay fans, to episode 23 of Section 138 of Podcast uh, for All Things Blue Jays. We're recording this on November 11th, 2017. Uh, I'm Mark from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. We're joined by Everything Blue Jays and Blue Jays Nation today. Uh, today we'll be talking about Roy Halladay, uh, his, his passing in this past week. We'll be talking about the World Series, um, <laughs> what we thought of it, um, all its craziness, uh, and then we'll also discuss the off season and some free agents and um, some some Blue Jay rumors uh, as of late. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to address the fact that we haven't uh, put out an episode since September thirtieth, uh, and I just want to apolog- apologize about that. Uh, hopefully, we'll be putting out more episodes uh, soon, and that we can get things started again. Uh, so we'll start the podcast with Roy Halladay passing away. He uh, he died in a plane accident on Tuesday, November 7th. Uh, he was flying his personal aircraft, an Icon A5, um, when it crashed. Uh, and and really after that, we saw an outpouring of love towards Holiday and all these players uh, contributing their memories of him, what he meant, um, and and really in, in whole, um, he was... He was a, a great guy who really loved the sport, worked hard. He didn't, he like never rested. Um, and, and one of my favorite quotes, I forget what player said it. Um, they, they tweeted, uh, rip doc, doc being his nickname, uh, rip doc, but knowing you rest is not in your vocabulary. And I think that was a very poignant quote, uh, about, about Holiday and who he was. Um, obviously, we know his on-field accomplishments. He had eight All-Star Game appearances, uh, two Cy Young awards. Um, he he finished top ten in MVP voting uh, twice. He led the league in innings four times. Led the league in strikeouts uh, to walk ratio five times, which is a really good indication of pitching skill. Um, and he spent eight years with the Blue Jays. And I could go on and on with list of career accomplishments. And uh, he was just so good on the field, but also off the field. He had he had talent and personality that was unparalleled. Um, some of my personal experiences with Roy, uh, I, when he was pitching with the Blue Jays, um, I wasn't an avid fan, so I, I didn't really follow him as much. Uh, but w- when I became a true fan, you you got to know him through the stories of him and, and the the video clips of his highlights and and what people tell you of him and and what he meant to the city. Uh, so I'd like to hear you guys um, some of your contributions of what what you remember of Roy and and why he was a special pitcher. Well, I uh, yeah, you nailed it. Um, Three hundred and sixty. How Roy Halladay meant so much to Toronto, and even the Phillies with his four seasons there. He was just a tremendous pitcher, and obviously us three, we didn't know we didn't know him personally, but he sounded like he was a terrific person, and it's just really unfortunate what happened. I mean, we haven't recorded obviously since the accident, and it's just it's been a very sad week in all of Blue Jay land. But yeah, I remember Roy Halladay from the 2009 season when he had a 2.79 ERA his final year, when that's when the, kind of the trade talk started happening with him. But 
it was just amazing watching him pitch because that was probably the year that was the year I started watching the uh, the Blue Jays like every day, and it was just phenomenal seeing him pitch every five days. Uh, he was the true ace, obviously, and um, it was pretty cool how he put all when the trade discussion started happening. It happened. It started happening, but it, it slowly built up, and then obviously he was uh, dealt in the off season following the off season in two thousand nine. But it was just pretty cool seeing him pitch. Like he was outstanding. I've heard many stories from all family and friends who watched the Blue Jays before too. Like when I started watching him every day, and he was just—he's just a Blue Jays icon. And um, you mentioned all of his milestones he's had. He was also recently inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, and he will be eligible for being inducted into the Hall of Fame in a couple years. So you can. Uh, you can imagine that he probably will be going there right out, like you can he'll be going there his first year of eligibility so yeah it's pretty cool and um remembering doc is uh it's pretty special knowing how good of a pitcher he was and again how terrific of a person he seemed to be uh my experiences with uh Roy Halladay I I think are very similar to what you had 360 you know I uh did I wasn't exposed to baseball that much when I was a kid you know I didn't watch it uh, every day, uh, certainly not when Roy started his uh, career in Toronto, but he's one of those pitchers that y- you you just know about instantly. You know, whenever any Blue Jays posters were released, Roy Halladay was always uh, f- on the front of it. He was always the guy they talked about on the news, on sports radios. And just he meant so much to the city. He was a great pitcher, obviously, and. You know, on my uh, Instagram account, I made it pretty clear, you know, even though I didn't uh, know Roy personally or watch him every day, uh, you know, it's it's still very hard to say goodbye to somebody like this, uh, especially considering what, you know, baseball has gone through the last couple of years, you know, losing uh, a lot of pitchers recently, like Jose Fernandez last year. Uh, it's, it's just tough seeing all these great pitchers and people really just going and being taken too soon and it's on it's been very hard honestly for me because you know a lot of my family uh are blue jay fans you know everybody i know is a blue jay fan and i think just the mood uh in toronto and just everywhere you go right now uh and in philadelphia and just around baseball is definitely uh down you know everybody's sad and you know it's just awful that a type of guy would be taken so soon uh but you know all the prayers out to his family uh i they held a or they're going to be holding a memorial service next tuesday i believe uh i expect uh a lot of people will go there you know just to pay their respects to the guy and yeah you know it's just it's it's been tougher than i thought honestly to let go of him you know i when i first heard about the news i was just in shock i was like dead silent for the rest of the day but it's 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 not been any easier. It's it's definitely been tougher. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been talking about like we didn't know him personally, but but it feels like we did. Um, and and um, within the Blue Jay organization, obviously he meant so much. Um, he he mentored mentored many of the pitchers who who play for the Blue Jays now, uh, either with their work ethic or actually um, pitching specifics and the the technical stuff. Um, But he meant so much for the organization and the Phillies included, same with the Phillies um, and the city of Philadelphia. Uh, Really, when, when 
were discussing how great of a person he was and how great of a pitcher he was, uh, the conversation naturally turns towards um, how he should be honored in the future. Uh, he was such a big part of the, the Blue Jay community and the Toronto community um, that uh, he, he did money for the community clubhouse at the Rogers Centre and there's been talks. Uh, I'm not sure whether it became official yet, but there have been talks about renaming the community clubhouse to Doc's Box um, in honor of him. Also, obviously, the the um, the honors within the Blue Jay organization, most notably, are you know the level of excellence and obviously around baseball retiring a number uh, is is a very um, poignant uh, remembrance of a player, honoring of a player. The only player in Blue Jay history to have their number retired is Roberto Alomar, and he's also the only Hall of Famer um, with a Blue Jay cap in the Hall of Fame. So, personally, um, I'm it, there's I think there's a line you have to draw between um, honoring a player and and just doing something out of um, kind of public uh, to, to appear good in the public. But I think in this situation, honoring Roy, um, in, in every way you can will be appropriate. Uh, retiring his number, number 32, I think, um, Yes, the Blue Jays should do it. They shouldn't hesitate to do it. Uh, Andrew Stoden um, of Blue Jays Nation, not Blue Jays Nation, uh, her co-host, uh, but he wrote a story about, yes, the Blue Jays should retire Holiday's number right now. Um, and I agree with him. Uh, why wait? Uh, another factor, uh, another factor is putting him on the level of excellence. Uh, yeah, why wait? Put him on the level of excellence now. Um, he is one of the best in Blue Jay history, and there's no better time to honor him than right now. Um, wh what do you guys think? Do you guys think that his number should be retired? Yeah, uh, the Blue Jay shouldn't hesitate, like you said, in any way possible. They need to honor Roy Halladay. I do believe 32 should be retired. And there's also... And, uh, yeah, his name being in the level of excellence, excellence, sorry. There's also been some, I don't know, rumors or, like, comments on our Instagrams, posts that I've seen maybe having a jersey, uh, patch on the Jays jersey for all of next season as well. And, yeah, I just don't know why the Blue Jays would even hesitate. They need to, re they need to do everything possible to honor him. And it, all, it definitely starts with retiring his number and putting his name in the level of excellence. Uh, yeah, I think you guys uh, nailed that 100%. There's no way the Blue Jays should even hesitate uh, with retiring Roy Halladay's number. You know, I've seen guys in the past wear 32, but I don't think, you, you know, there's really a way that you could wear that anymore. I think it would be very disrespectful for somebody to wear that. Uh, you know, just a little reference a few years ago, uh, an Islanders, a New York Islanders player, more number 66 uh, and Pittsburgh Penguins fans uh, of the NHL they were furious because you know that's Mario Lemieux's number you, you know you don't take or you don't wear numbers that have been worn by players that are that great and I think that applies here uh, Holiday was amazing you know and you know even if he didn't pass I still don't think you can wear 32 anymore but now that he did I don't think that it would be acceptable in any way to wear that number and you know just for Halliday's sake you know respecting him showing or honoring him you know retiring his number having 12 uh having the number 12 on a banner in the Rogers Center and it, going into the Hall of Fame you know I think 
in a few years. I think 2019 is his first year of eligibility. He'll definitely get in uh, as a Blue Jay, and you know he'll his legacy will forever live on uh, as a Blue Jay. But I still think that you know you, you can't wear 32 and or anymore, and that, that number definitely should be retired by the team, and especially or the, like you said, everything Blue Jay is uh, something like a patch on the players' jerseys. Uh, we've seen that. I've seen that uh, in sports uh, many times. Uh, I believe Montreal Canadiens did it. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, I believe, had it for Yordano Ventura's uh, passing uh, last year. So I definitely think that's definitely uh, something that the team should uh, take into to consideration. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, some fans uh, talk about uh, having every player wear number 32 on opening day and then have the number retired. Uh, what do you guys, how, how do you guys feel about that, that idea? I think it would be a pretty cool idea. Uh, a couple years ago when Jose Fernandez passed, I believe all the Marlins players did that. Uh, uh, I guess when their next game, because uh, their game got canceled on the day of his death, but yeah, the next game they played, they all wore his number and jer- his um jersey name as well so that would that would definitely be a pretty cool sighting and you know the Jays opening day this year they open up at home so yeah it would be it would be pretty special to see that I really think that's another thing that they should really consider yeah I agree with you too uh on that once you mentioned uh the Marlins did that that's immediately what I thought about uh that's definitely a good idea especially since the team is starting at home uh you know start a a new season in front of uh your home crowd uh and honor uh, a fallen player, uh, that's definitely a good idea. Um, and then retiring his number, you know, I, I, I think that probably should be done. Uh, not sure if the Blue Jays are considering it or know about the idea, idea but I, I actually think that's a really good idea. Another thing to consider, kind of off topic, but about retiring his number, um, you look at some teams like the like the Yankees, which have, I, I think, almost every um, single-digit number retired. Uh, they only have, like, one, I believe, um, that isn't retired. And, and But you look at the Blue Jays, um, and they only have one number retired, and that's number 12. So I think it's completely appropriate for the Blue Jays to retire another number, especially um, in the wake of, of such a... Uh, an awful event like this, uh, I definitely think it's called for and reasonable um, when you consider the uh, the the environment that that it's in. Uh, moving on to a bit of a lighter topic, uh, I know uh, we all have great memories of holiday, uh, but the World Series um, ended uh, after the last time we recorded on September third. Um, personally, I was cheering for the Dodgers in the World Series. Uh, I think when we were all cheering for baseball as a sport, um, we got what we wanted because it was an amazing World Series. Uh, but uh, I think even though the World Series was amazing, the last game was pretty awful, um, at least from my perspective, because I was cheering for the Dodgers. Uh, but it started, you know, with that air uh, in the first inning, and then it just went downhill from there, and there was very little scoring, not much uh, not much contention to the Astros' lead. It was, it was not a good game for the Dodgers, and I didn't enjoy it that much. But besides that, it was an enjoyable World Series. Um, uh, I just want to take a quick... I, I want to quickly see uh, who you guys were cheering for. I really didn't cheer for anyone, but I had a, a prediction, and I def I definitely predicted the Dodgers. 
I'm not going to lie. I, I had them in seven games. But, um, yeah, you know, the Houston Astros, they also had a terrific season, and they really deserve that uh, that championship after everything that the city of Houston went through with Hurricane Harvey. But uh, I had the Dodgers, and it's definitely another year for the Dodgers where they come – you think that they're that they're they have they have enough to do it, and they don't do it. And it's another season where I would call their Dodgers their uh, their their season a failure to, because you don't win that many over a hundred games like that and lose. You know the Houston Astros credit to them. You know they came in, uh, they felt they they were down one nothing, and then they came back and took advantage of the series. But you know they pretty much outdid them in every aspect. You know the starting pitching. As you Darvish got nailed in um, Game Seven, even though Lance McCullers didn't even have a the strong of a start himself, but you know that team came together uh, when it mattered, and they came up clutch. Rather than the the Dodgers just couldn't get anything going in that Game Seven, but credit to the Astros. But I I definitely had the Dodgers, but again another year where they failed to win. Uh, I think I'm gonna get some hate for this, but I honestly went from just bandwagon to bandwagon this postseason. I had my predictions. I thought the Dodgers were going to beat the Cleveland Indians in the World Series. Uh, neither of those teams, uh, well, the Indians didn't make the World Series and the Dodgers didn't win. But overall, I just, I, I kind of just went from te- uh, team to team. You know, I watched the wild card game. You know, I, I had my hopes on the Yankees. Uh, I predicted the Indians were to win. But then as the series went on, I kind of just, went over to the Yankees bandwagon, which sounds kind of awful, but uh, overall it was a great uh, postseason, great for baseball, like you guys mentioned earlier. Uh, Game 7 just sucked in my opinion. You know, you have such an amazing series, a high-scoring series between uh, the Dodgers and the Astros, and then Houston has five runs, I believe, by the second or third inning, and then LA scores one run, the entire game like that's that's not what we were accustomed to seeing especially after game five I believe it was where it was like 13 to 12 you know we don't we expected a higher scoring game and I I had thought before the the game started that if this game isn't a very close game which it wasn't you know if, if it's not a very good game that it would be kind of be not a waste of a series for whoever lost because you know you try so hard you work so hard you get all the way to that final game and then nothing really comes of it but uh just overall i i thought the playoffs were great uh some teams screwed my playoff bracket you know the uh indians blowing uh yet another lead in a playoff series forcing a team to elimination and then losing the rest of the games uh that was certainly interesting uh the yankees i thought were really good this season uh make pushing the Astros all the way to Game 7. The uh, Washington Nationals were very disappointing to watch. Uh, Dusty Baker still was not able to win a playoff series uh, in Washington, but uh, whatever he's gone now for them. Uh, Boston, again, losing. John Farrell's out. Uh, They really didn't do anything against Houston except for the one game that they won uh but other than that great playoffs uh sad ending to it though you know i wish we had a better game you know an extra inning game maybe or a closer game with a save maybe not just a 5-1 score uh but overall i think it was great and 
it definitely shows some promise for next year. You know, we saw tons of home runs, and then so many pitchers thought the balls were juiced. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes of that next season. And yeah, overall, it'll be or it was a great playoffs. It was a great ending to a great season. And you know, congrats to Houston. Like you said, everything Blue Jays they went through a lot this year. Uh, Hurricane Harvey, the relief efforts, so many players donating to it. Uh, Justin Verlander coming over to the team after uh, he finally wins his World Series and gets married. Uh, I believe Carlos Correa, I think it was, proposed after the game. You know, so it was just it was a great uh, ending to a great season for Houston. But uh, LA, in my opinion, they they wasted a season, 104 wins, I believe, and you you know they have some of the game's best players and they're. Again, they just they blow it in the playoffs, and that's really all you can say about them. They perform well in the regular season. They show promise in the playoffs, and then when it really matters, uh, they don't show up to play. I have to say, um, I hope no Blue Jay fan lynches me after this, uh, but I really wanted the Yankees to go to the World Series. Um, I'm really happy the Dodgers did, uh, but I really wanted the Yankees-Dodgers World Series, and I think it would have been absolutely amazing because those are, Los Angeles and New York are two of the largest um, sports markets in the entire world. Um and to see those two come together in the World Series, um, we were talking earlier about cheering for baseball and Major League Baseball as a sport, not just the teams. Um, boy, having those two teams and those two markets together, um, that would have been definitely great for the sport. Not that, that that the World Series between the Astros and Dodgers wasn't great for the sport, because it definitely was, uh, and we saw the kind of a trip. The, the attention it got from people who aren't ordinarily fans uh, because of those those crazy games in the middle of the, th- the series. Um, I also have to say that uh, hopefully next year I can I can make better picks in the World Series because for the past five years, um, the team that I've cheered for hasn't won. 2013, I was cheering, obviously not for the Red Sox, uh, the Cardinals, I was cheering for the Cardinals and the Red Sox won. 2014, I was cheering for the Royals and the Giants won. 2015, I was cheering for the Mets and the Royals won. And then 2016, I was cheering for Cleveland and Chicago won. And then obviously 2017. Uh, But let's hope we have better luck next year. And that, crossing my fingers, the Blue Jays um, win. And speaking about the Blue Jays winning um, and moving into 2018 as either a contender or not contender, um, let's move to our next topic and final topic, um, the offseason. And really, what moves are the Blue Jays going to make? What are some of the latest rumors? Um, uh, And what are some free agents on the Blue Jays who who are probably moving on or or even staying with the Blue Jays? Uh, So... The first thing I think we have to consider is um, rebuilding for 2018, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, it's another question of whether we we want it to happen, but uh, this this ownership and uh, executives have shown that they don't they don't want to rebuild. They're going to contend for 2018, um, so I think rebuild right now is out of the question. Um, uh, let's start things off with. Um, Jay Bruce rumors. Uh, he has been linked to the Blue Jays for like three years, uh, ever since that Michael Saunders um, 
almost trade with him in the 2015-2016 offseason that fell apart after a failed physical of a minor leaguer. Um, Do you guys want Jay Bruce as a free agent? He's been uh, rumored to be looking for around $80 million to $90 million. Uh, To me, that sounds like a lot. Uh, He is 30, 31 years old, I believe. Um, So he's not that old and he has shown that he's like kept kept his power and stuff um through his old age and he's younger than uh, like some blue jay fans use the example of kendrys morales uh, but he is younger than kendrys morales um hopefully his deal won't be as um as problematic as uh morales is uh but flat out do you guys think the blue jays should should try to get jay bruce or do you think they should leave it and try to look for um some younger um a trade partner that could um, might be more sustainable in the future. I really don't know how I feel about Jay Bruce. I mean, you know, the, this front office has seemed to be like all over. He, they've been interested in him for a few years now. He was nearly a Blue Jay a few years ago when he was almost traded in a three-team deal when he was still with the uh, Cincinnati Reds. But um, you know, when he went to Cleveland last year, you know, he you could he was a pretty big part of their. Uh, playoff push, even though they came up short to the Yankees, like we were talking about earlier. But I preferred a couple, a f- last week. I preferred JD Martinez as a guy to go after. But ever since, you know, he he hired uh, super agent Scott Boris, and now they're asking for two hundred mil. Maybe it's not a bad idea to go after Jay Bruce. But I, um, yeah, JD Martinez is definitely a better player, and that's a person I would really, I really wanted to see the Jays go after. But now I don't see it happening, and you know. I don't really, I still don't really know how I feel, but, you know, Jay Bruce, I wouldn't mind it, but I wouldn't probably, I wouldn't be too happy about it. I'd probably be in the middle to start the season, but I guess, you know, he's definitely a name you got to consider just because of how linked they've been to Jay Bruce, the front office has in the past couple of years, and, you know, he's going to be cheaper than other free agents, like I mentioned, how Martinez is asking for 200 mil, so. Yeah, this is a a tough one for me, to be honest as well. if if Jay Bruce wants eighty to ninety million dollars, uh, it depends for me how much or how long he wants the deal to last for, because obviously if he wants a five year deal, that's not like at least in my mind too crazy for ninety mil. I think Russell Martin's on like a five year eighty something million dollar deal uh, around that, uh, and that's that's not, I mean that's it's still significant, but it's not as big as uh, J.D. Martinez or other guys would want. But I think if the Blue Jays were to sign him, it would probably be uh, a three-year deal at the most, simply because, you know, they're an old team, and no matter how much Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins say they do not want to rebuild, at least for the 2018 season, I think eventually it will happen. And the last thing you're going to want is a five-year deal with a 30, uh, 31-year-old when you're trying to rebuild uh, who was locked up for a, bit, a significant amount of money. So I think, yeah, three years would probably be the max that Jay Bruce gets signed for. And then $90 million for three years, $80 million, not a chance. Maybe $50 million most, I think, six, 50 to $60 million, you know, maybe $10, 20000000 million a year. Even that, $20 is a little high. But, uh, you know, if, if the price is right and the term is right that both uh, parties can agree on, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against uh, a move being made there. Uh, you know, Jose Bautista is 
not going to return to the Blue Jays next year. So that leaves uh, an outfield position uh, open. You know, Jay Bruce, I, I wouldn't be against uh, coming to the Blue Jays. Uh, like he, we've mentioned before, he has been targeted by the Blue Jays since 2000, at least 2016 when he made that almost made the three-team deal. But, uh, yeah, like I said, if, if both parties can agree on, you know, a significant uh, pay for Jay Bruce, that doesn't significantly, or that doesn't negatively impact the Blue Jays and, you know, an, a decent term uh, that works for Jay Bruce, you know, not sitting in a, a city for two years and then having to go through free agency again. And for the Blue Jays not having to worry about, oh, no, what happens if we lock him up for five years and then we have to rebuild, you know. So if if both of those end up working out and the two teams can ag- or parties can agree on something, then yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to this deal. You nailed it on the head right there. Uh, the Blue Jays do have an open outfield spot. Jose Bautista, um, by all accounts, is not returning to the Blue Jays in 2018, unfortunately. So they do have a void in the outfield that they have to fill. Um, whether this comes internally from the likes of Teoscar Hernandez, um, uh, Dwight Smith Jr., um, Anthony Alford, maybe, uh, very unlikely, but maybe, um, or externally from Jay Bruce. Uh, I think, um, I would definitely prefer it to not end in a big uh, contract to a guy over 30 uh, like Jay Bruce. Um, but at the same time, I understand that it's not its not like you can say no to a deal like that and magically get a great outfielder by not spending any money, not giving up any good prospects, or not giving up any good players right now. Um, so it's... I understand that you. I don't want the Blue Jays to sink all that money into a guy 30, 31 years old, um, 90 million into a guy who's aging, um, and the deal probably won't be longer than five years. So 90 million over five years um, for a guy that'll be 36, 37 at the end of his contract. That's kind of scary. But at the same time, that's the kind of risk you have to take to get good players like Jay Brew hitting um, their prime or just after their prime at free agency and becoming available to these teams at this time. Um, And, you know, the Blue Jays are talking about getting younger, getting younger. You don't do that in free agency. You don't get younger in free agency. You you go for championships in free agency. You get younger in trades. So uh, if I think right now um, I don't have any strong opinions about the Jay Bruce um, Jay Bruce p- potentially joining the Blue Jays. Um, if he does, great. They did something. Um, if he doesn't. Uh, whatever they're they're avoiding this kind of long-term contract that could that could hurt them in the future um uh we mentioned um that the blue jays need an outfielder uh they also need a a few other positions to be filled uh this year we saw start pitching uh kind of fell apart um and (laughs) yeah i don't want to think about that anymore um backup catching they need uh some help there uh do you guys have have anything in mind? Uh, I know we've seen rumors about Alex Cobb, I believe it was. Um, he was involved in rumors with the Blue Jays, but he, um, there were some rumors about him going to the Cubs earlier. Um, I haven't heard anything recently about the Blue Jays and him, so I don't know uh, where that, 
where those talks sit. Um, a reliever potentially is maybe also in the Blue Jays' best interest. Um, maybe they could get both a you know like a long man who can also spot start uh, to to kind of fill both those voids. Uh, do you guys? I don't know. What are you guys looking for in a player? Do you want? Are you looking for a free agent or, or is it, is it something that you think can come through a trade? Um. Well, one thing I definitely do that I think the Jays need to think about is second base. Um, you know, is it time to move on from Devin Travis? And if so, you're likely going to have to make a trade to get a second baseman unless you want to go after someone on the market. I just don't know how I feel about Devin Travis. I don't know if I trust him anymore. And it's obviously, it's nothing against him. It's just that you can't always be missing a starting second baseman when you're a so-called contending team. You need him there. And you got a massive hole in the lineup, and it's come. And as well as you mentioned, um, the starting rotation, I definitely like to see them get another um, mid-rotation starter, just because you need another one, just in case um, Aaron Sanchez again. You don't, you know, his health is a is a question mark now, and um, if he go, supposedly goes down again, which is possible, but I wouldn't say likely. Uh, you're going to need someone to fill that hole, rather than the Jays going through multiple starters, and we know them the nightmare they had. With that this season, as uh, you said, the best 360, you'd rather not uh, continue to talk about it. And, you know, they have, they have a free agent. Uh, Brett Anderson's another one I would maybe like to consider signing just because of that. Or you mentioned Alex Cobb. He's And, yeah, Anderson's one of the Blue Jays' uh, five free agents now who will be hitting the open market. And uh, as it comes to catching, um, I it's something you can look into, but it's not a huge problem. You know, maybe if you want to just roll with Luke Maley next year, then hopefully he um, he stays healthy. And you know, uh, you got a couple, you got a few catchers down in Buffalo too who can possibly be ready to get called up, even if Russell Martin gets hurt or him. Uh, someone like um, Danny Jansen, who we we spoke about a few months ago being a September call up. So I don't think that the catching is a is a uh, as big as an issue or question mark as the other positions. But yeah, this team this team needs an outfielder, and this team needs to decide if they're going to move on from Devin Travers or not. So yeah, and also um, they also have Dar- Darwin Barney who might is hitting the free agent market too, and you might you might want to consider bringing him back to be you know that the utility inf- uh, infielder and someone who can play the outfield, but it's not recommended, or you're going to roll with Rob Refsnyder. So yeah, the Blue Jays have some a few things they. They need to think about, but um, as far as their current roster goes, I think I don't think it, I I think it's all right. But you definitely need an outfielder, as we spoke about, and you might you need a, another starter just in case of Sanchez. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said there. Everything Blue Jays about the catching in particular. Uh, Russ Martin is aging, and I believe he's entering the second uh, last year of his deal. Uh, he's or no second or third last year of his deal, so he's. He's definitely getting older, so you're definitely going to need a good backup catcher. And uh, Luke Maley, I've mentioned this throughout the season. He's uh, not a very good offensive player, but, man, does that guy know how to call a game. You know, he uh, we've seen so many pitchers uh, trust him. Russ Martin, I believe, said something about Maley and how uh, much he likes or he trusts in him as well. Uh, I trust in him. I like him uh, as a 
person, I guess. I don't know him personally, but he just seems like a nice guy. Uh, uh, he seems like, or he is a great defensive catcher, and I think he should just be the backup catcher. Uh, Miguel Montero, please don't resign that guy. That's all I want to say. Um, not going to get involved in that. Uh, don't want him as a Blue Jay. Uh, but infield, I, I made a post on my Instagram account earlier this week that kind of took a jab at Devin Travis, you know, getting injured where it said either I hit 300 for a season or get injured and miss significant time. And it was him very confused on which one to choose. Uh, that's, that's basically how I feel right now. You know, he's either tearing it up or tearing a bone or something, tearing a something in his knee. Uh, uh, yeah. And he, he's just consistently getting injured and it's just, it's really starting to frustrate me because, you know, again, it's, it's not his fault, but baseball is a business. And if you, you can't show up to play, then there's, you, you got to do something about that. Now, do I think Darwin Barney is the answer to that? No, because I mean, if, if Devin Travis could stay healthy for a whole season, there's no way, uh, Darwin Barney could even dream of replicating the numbers that he could put up. Uh, but he is very, he's very useful on the Blue Jays team. You know, he came here mid 2015. Everyone thought, eh, whatever. Okay. But they re-signed him in 2016. He was great. 2017, he was great in my opinion, defensively. Uh, you know, the only time I see him making any errors are really when he goes to make the impossible play that really nobody else could. And he just has trouble with it. And I think he's just, he's very reliable defensively. Uh, he's got couple of home runs in him, maybe no more than 10 to 15 in a year uh, as a as a backup infielder uh, and he'll he'll hit from time to time and I think he is definitely should come back to the Blue Jays but he won't be a starter uh, same with Ryan Goins you know him with uh, Tulo always getting or not I don't want to say always getting injured but there's a, a little bit of a question mark with him uh, he you gotta have two great backup infielders uh, and we saw that this year the the middle infield was injured for a very significant well the starting middle infield was injured for a very significant time this year and we had rob ref snyder come uh to the blue jays and play he second base i believe don't resign him or don't use him as a backup infielder in my opinion as well have barney and goins as your two backups uh so definitely resign barney uh maybe trade for a new second baseman uh well it'll probably eventually happen not sure who the Blue Jays could go and get. I mean, we saw last year they were, or yeah, earlier this year, like around the All-Star break, they were interested in D. Gordon. Not sure uh, if that really is going to happen, but, you know, he's a guy that you could look into. Uh, and starting pitching, yeah, like you, you said 360, don't want to get into that. Uh, I think one pitcher that they should sign is Brett Anderson, and I've said this uh, countless times. He had had a decent stint with the Blue Jays. Uh, he was either really, really good, in my opinion, or really, really bad. And I think the Blue Jays should kind of take a gamble on him. You know, put him in the bullpen, maybe uh, start him every couple uh, spin, uh, turns in the rotation, or put him as a starter. You know, you never know. He's he's a lefty, so that that's another added benefit. You have another lefty in your bullpen is always great, or in your rotation. Uh, I think he definitely should be considered to come back. Be and Alex Cobb, again, 
wouldn't be against it, but I haven't really heard any rumors since uh, I believe it was September that the Blue Jays were interested in him. Uh, like I said, I'd be very welcome to uh, ha- having Alex Cobb on the team, but is it really going to happen? Not uh, 100% cer- sure, uh, certain, but we'll see. But other than that, uh, should, the Blue Jays should definitely look into a reliever. Uh, I mentioned this multiple times and i'm pretty sure everybody is probably sick of hearing me say this but uh joe smith is also a free agent at the end of the year as he he only signed a one-year deal with the blue jays uh last year and i would definitely welcome him back uh i was a huge fan of his uh again not i don't even know if that's likely we haven't heard any rumors or really anything about that but i i definitely welcome joe smith back a good reliever he did miss uh a bit of time with injuries but he was really good other than that and i i want him back to be honest uh, on the blue jays uh would that solve all the bullpen issues uh not really uh will some of the september call-ups from last year or this season uh luis santos carlos ramirez those guys stay with the team it's i mean some of them have a shot at making the opening day roster but i mean will they stay on the the team long term next year not too sure so you might need to look into something there uh then outfield at, at this point i have zero clue because steve pierce could platoon with ezekiel carrera but that's not really the ideal situation you know you'd like to have uh, a better defensive outfield i mean carrera is not terrible defensively but pierce is not great at all defensively in the outfield uh so yeah, I really, I really don't know what to say about the outfield at this point. I think we'll know maybe closer to winter meetings, see what the Blue Jays are interested in, and uh, maybe once the Blue Jays announce uh, their list of 50 players that they're reportedly interested in, uh, then we'll have a bit of a better understanding of what they're what they're looking for in outfielders. I think um, going back to Devin Travis, that discussion, um, using the word move on about him, um, I know both of you use that, uh, but I think uh, that's kind of, it's binary. It's either yes or no. Like, do they still want him, um, ideally as a starting second baseman, or are they not having him as a starting baseman, trading him, maybe, you know, looking into other options? I don't think it has to be like that. I think there's kind of a gradient of how much trust they put in him uh, and what their responses are to him. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's all the way, if they have a lot of trust in him, then obviously they don't acquire any more backups. They don't invest in, uh, that much into, you know, like Darwin Barney, um, uh, they don't get an additional, uh, backup infielder. And then the, as, as the gradient goes towards less trust, um, you look into alternative options and perhaps, you know, a a major league caliber starting second baseman um, that could fill that role if if he gets injured. I think it's a gradient. I don't think it's a, a yes or no, um, a, a yes or no answer for the organization. Yeah, I just want to add one more thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, three sixty mentioned about Devin Travis as, and we've been talking about him. You can you can also add that maybe. You can't really imagine that he has a lot of value either. So he seems like a person that would be tough to move on from as well uh, via a trade. But, yeah, again, it's something that the Jays would have to think about. You know, this guy's been here for 
a few seasons now, and he hasn't he's only he hasn't played one full season. His first two years combined for a full season, and this year he didn't even play a full season. So yeah, it's something they really need to think about and make a decision about soon. Yeah, you can't. Uh, just one more thing to add. You can't help but feel bad for Travis because he's he's obviously such a talented offensive uh, player. His defense is kind of lacking, but he's a career I, around 300 hitter, I think. Uh, I think his numbers might have gone down from last year. But, you know, you could see uh, this the injury that he sustained in June, I think, this year. He was in tears after he saw it or after the, he heard the results because, you know, there's just another injury for him. And, you know, he knows how good he can be. We know how good he can be. We've seen how good he can be. But... You, you know, there's there's a it's just it's a tough situation because he's always injured and you know do you want to take the gamble of having a potentially uh, career three hundred hitter on your team or do you want to have to rely on your bench to play his position you know it's and that's what kind of sucks because I like Devin Travis uh, he's a great player but you know like I said earlier in this uh, podcast baseball is a business and if Travis can't provide enough value for the team you know he unfortunately will leave the team and I don't really know where he could be traded to because I don't know any teams that would really be interested in him just because of his injury problems but yeah it's a it's very unfortunate for Travis in my opinion yeah by all accounts it's a it's a pretty awful injury and and it's it's really unfortunate that um uh, you know he he could be having such a great career, and and yet these things that he can't control really are are stopping him and holding him back, and it's really, it, it, it's pretty sad. Um, so we'll end things there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Section One Thirty Eight. We'll hopefully be back next week or the week after with another podcast. We aren't quite sure what our schedule will be in the off season, um, as as rumors and stuff pick up there isn't that much to talk about um but uh i'm mark 360 blue jays news and bluebird banter thank you to uh everything blue jays and blue jays nation for joining us again um and we'll we'll catch you next time